No, I'll keep myself back a bit from the mic too. Maybe. Okay. Your microphone is just ready to go. Yeah. Apparently, it's it's hot. It's a hot mic. Look, there's only room for so many hot mics in here. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Hello, and welcome to episode 89 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we're talking about Super Nintendo RPG music, or SNES, or SNES, whatever you prefer, I guess. I think a few of us have different ways of saying it today. But um, So joining me today on this podcast is Hilary Andruff. Hello. Mike Solosi. Okay, Ska. And Greg Delmage. Guten Tag. If that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? So wait, wait. I gotta revise and say one of the. Okay. All right. There we go. International podcast. I, I mean, I was just, I was just saying the okay, Desica thing that they say when you ch- uh, name your characters in yep. Earthbound. But, yep. uh, but yeah, I, 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 sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <okay>. well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they did that. Oh my gosh. That's a that's a teaser for later. I... Recognize it, but I just had that moment of uncertainty. <laughs> I, I I figured Hillary would be the one to pick it up. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't hundred percent sure, so I'm not sure it counts. <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks everyone for being here. A pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited about today's topic. There's uh, there's basically an, an ocean's worth or whatever other large descriptor you want of music from the 16-bit era to draw from. Um, it's not all a Nintendo side of the console wars of the day, but there is a lot of them. Um, we didn't we didn't want to go with too many. I'm going to say this up front because I feel like some people would look at the track list and wonder, why is this not here? But we didn't want to go with a lot of expected choices, um, in part because we have featured literally dozens of songs from some games you would expect, like Chrono Trigger and Final yeah. Fantasy VI over yeah. the years. There's, there's no Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy in this episode, which is... Uh, maybe remarkable if you think of it as just a best of the SNES RPG music, but with, you know, 88 previous episodes of Rhythm Encounter, a lot of that's already been covered. Exactly. And I thought it was interesting because, like, even though that was my preference and I know I was trying to avoid certain games like that, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a say in any of your guys' choices. Um, So I'm really happy that we have this really interesting, diverse lineup that everyone came up with so um at least yeah i think at least half of these songs were not things i expected to bring on including one of my own so i'm excited about this one yeah and we updated the title to reflect that with the roads nest traveled yes yes (laughs) i had to go along with that that uh pronunciation of snes for that to work because i like the title too much it works and yeah it's like i was thinking of some Chrono Trigger stuff. I mean, part of it was like, I don't want to go into it, but once I started looking at the list of what we've played, there's there's a big big chunk of Chrono Trigger that was like, okay, we can probably do without, and there's some other great things out there. But it is hard to not imagine best of SNES music or really great SNES music and not think of everything Squaresoft, because that was their golden era at that point, right? We, we're technically not square, not square free in this episode, but there is no Final no, Fantasy true. or Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Uh, and I and I have to admit I I do find the title a little irresistible, especially since many many years ago I attended an institution called Robert Frost Middle School. So, <laughs> perfect. So uh, yeah, the road's nest traveled. Love it. Yeah, it's perfect. All right. Well, then we should probably start our 
journey down this road with, uh, I, I couldn't help but starting the episode with maybe the most surprising track today, uh, which is yours, Hillary. Yes. What, what is our first song? So, you know who knows all about journeys? Uh, the Lord of the Rings cast. So, we are, <laughs> uh, we're kicking off this journey with the title theme from the SNES um, Lord of the Rings Volume 1 game. Hillary? Yes. Are we taking the hobbits to Isengard? We are taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> we're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Isengard. At least, Isengard. At least uh, those of them that make it past the horrible enemies uh, in this game. <laughs> I was going to say, did they, did they ever get to that part because there's no volume two? Nope. Because <laughs> you probably should talk about this is just volume one. Yeah, they, they did the uh, a very presumptive thing by naming the game volume one and then never releasing <laughs> volumes two or three. And if you're unsure of why they did that, like YouTube a video of this game and you'll see you'll very understand. clearly why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so there was a lot of absent-minded design design decisions. Yes, but the song is really good. So we're going to go listen to it. <laughs> I also find it funny that the um the cover boasts that it's like the first multiplayer RPG, but like didn't I mean it's real time, so maybe that's the distinction because I'm pretty sure Secret of Mana came first. It was 93 and I think this was 94. So I'm like, mm. and mm. but the secret amount of not quite technically count as real time because there's a sequence to jump into the battle first, or because know. you have the rings, uh, you know, the elemental ring. Who knows? Oh right, mm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was kind of funny. That was their big selling point. Mm. Yeah. And well, I mean, MMOs and games like Neverwinter Nights were uh, even before Secret of Mana, but it's it, it's a dubious claim from a dubious game. Right. That's right. Um, yes. So title theme, Lord of the Rings. Uh, after that, Solosi, what do you have? Right. I picked the track Be Absent Minded from the uh, original soundtrack of Tales of Fantasia. So that's a 1995 uh, MIDI library goodness, very early Motoi Sakuraba. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but boy, the way he names some of his songs is just beautiful. All right, let's go listen to title theme and Be Absent Minded.
So we got into this a little bit before the break, that this is a really, really great kind of sweeping, epic, almost orchestral sounding track uh, from a game that was underwhelming and frustrating. Uh, <laughs> Diplomatic. <laughs> yes, that really was. Uh, trying to be. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's diplomatic, but this is a game that's probably more entertaining to read about than to play, let's just <laughs> yes. say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can confirm that. I, I do remember trying it, and it was a disaster. I mean, Pippin got eaten by wolves. I could not le get Sam to leave the Shire forever, and that's just wrong. Like, you can't have Lord of the Rings without Sam. Well, also, <laughs> Pippin got eaten by wolves, and the game has permadeath. Yes. So. <laughs> no Pippin. Really early on. Uh, it was fairly awful. Um, but this title theme always stuck with me, so when I was thinking about maybe lesser-known music from this 
time period this came up. And I also think it's a good example of some of the more interesting things you could kind of do once you got to the Super Nintendo in terms of just like different instruments and kind of like that pseudo stereo sound. Uh, this track does a little bit of that. You've got something that sounds fluty, clarinetty, some things that sound kind of stringish. But it's also just a good track to kind of get in the mindset of going on a journey. It's um, with the fidelity of it, especially like with um, that like penny whistle when it when it's usually like or whatever that is, and when it's on its own, it sounds very like '80s warbly uh, VHS track kind of thing. Yep. So it feels of a certain time. Which is funny, like, I can just picture this to, like, a uh, scanline full uh, intro of the Lord of the Rings adventure TV series or something. Right. Yeah, my thought was the Rankin Bass uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Gosh. Yeah. 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 I have the Hobbit one, but I've never seen the Lord of the Ring one. But I love the Hobbit one to death. Actually, I feel like one of, so one of us quoted the one of the songs on one of these episodes. Now that I vaguely remember. I can't remember who it was. It might have been you, Hillary, but I can't remember. Anyway, um... But yeah, you're right. Cause yeah, there's even that. There's harpsichord in this. There's bassoon. There's that. Yeah, that flute that is definitely the star of the show. Um, but it does give like this really neat sense of mystery and builds into that the adventure because it doesn't start right away. Like it, it's got this really mysterious vibe at the beginning with the harpsichord that I I kind of liked. I was I had forgotten because I haven't seen this game played in forever. I think a friend of mine rented it way back when, and we're just mm-hmm. like, how do we do this? Um, <laughs> So I don't much remember the music, so this was a nice reminder. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just got that mystery before the orchestra finally kind of starts supporting the flute, but then, like, you get this cool Celtic reel thing that's like, you're going to go on this awesome adventure that you never actually get to go on. Because that's <laughs> But it is it, a really it, fun piece. It promises a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, who composed on this one again? That's something interesting, yeah. Yeah, so... I know you wanted to talk about I, this. I do. Uh, there it is. I'll say it's Charles Deenan who has gone on to do some interesting things. Yes. Well, did you have more you wanted to say? Because I ahead. forgot to bring the page up. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't bring the page up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we were, I was looking this up because I, I didn't realize, didn't know who recorded it or composed it, recorded it. It started where we were kind of like, did he compose anything else? And we were like trying to look and see the history. Yeah. So like we actually have, we're going to put a link in the show notes because he does have a an IMDb page. And this was the last game he composed Although he also worked on things like Claymates and another Lord of the Rings game. And Lost the Lost Vikings. Vikings. Yep. Um, but since then, like from the early 90s up until like now, like he's still active. He's more of a sound designer and other audio related things in games. Like ranging from uh, Waterworld to the Casper video game. And then several Baldur's Gate, Need for Speed, like big titles. Um, had no idea. And well, the water world is low key really good. Yeah, no, yeah. the water world Super Nintendo game has remarkably good music. It's, it's, it's so not, good. It's, it's not a good game, but it, like it's 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 one of those shock like like is this low key a banger? Like it's a <laughs> shock, shockingly good for being a bad video game. So it that's definitely a is. very interesting track track record for the, uh, Mr. Dina. I was gonna right? say yeah, because like clay clay fight was you say claymates or clay fighters? Claymates, right? Claymates. I have, yeah, no, okay. I have no idea what Claymates is. I, you can play I, it on your SNES Online subscription service on the Switch. <laughs> is it on really? It is. Oh, wow. uh, for better wow. or for worse, that game's there. Because uh, we had to play that one, apparently. So that one's there, and I tried it a bit, and it's 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 a game. It's alright. It's a platformer. But, um... Oh shoot! What was the other one you said that what uh, Lost Vikings? It was a good game, right? Yeah, that, that's that's er, that's early Blizzard before they became a a, a three series studio for about fifteen years. <laughs> right. <Yep>. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I. This was maybe one of the last things I thought you would bring on, Hillary. I mean, <laughs> 
I would have expected something from like the Super Nintendo version of Ease 3 or uh, Secret of the Stars before this. Which, wow. Uh, well, I mean, like there, there are things that like, I still remember, like in the back of my mind, like this, I forget this game ever even existed. For um, good reason, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things though, like I, I want to listen to more, like we listened to a few tracks, but like this title theme, it's one of those ones that like, like Waterworld, like we talked about before. And um, it's surprisingly, it's better than it has any right to be, I think. <laughs> better than uh, this game deserves. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny for the listener's benefit, you did say in our chat too, but by the way, one of Hillary's picks is not a joke. For context, with how yeah. unbelievable right. it is. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because like now, I mean, this is obviously composed way before the, mo- the live-action movies. But you know, now if you hear anything Lord of the Rings or like musically, you're just going to expect something like Howard Shore. Sure. Yep. That that orchestral vibe. And, and I don't uh, think this would be totally out of place, like in the movies. Although it's it's a little more like uh, jaunty, Celticy, as opposed yeah. to like somber, which right. is lovely. And I think that's very fitting for it. I mean, Shore made a very. It's very fitting for the Shire and like the beginning of Fellowship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This has the vibe of a peaceful village, but I, but I think in general, what um, does fit uh, a soundscape of Lord of the Rings, and I say a soundscape because this is uh, uh, this obviously predates the. Uh, the, the Peter Jackson movies, um, mm-hmm. but they uh, and but 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 it comes after those uh, Rankin Bass <laughs> animated ones. But yeah, yeah like like uh, I mean, you all went over this before, but uh, I, I love the sound library of the the whistle and the harpsichord, and the uh, and the I guess strings instruments. Um, it, it's a it's a beautiful sounding track. It it fits as a opening menu screen or as a as a village theme, but uh, when uh, but I had never heard of this game. I, I was not aware there was a Lord of the Rings game for the SNES. So when uh, Hillary posted it that it was going to be one of her tracks, I looked it up, and th- this game is just <laughs> it, it, it. It looks just awful. Like it, yes. it, uh, there, there's there's a uh, it's it's unclear when and how you're supposed to do anything. Yep. If one of your if one of your six main characters dies, uh, they're di- they're dead permanently, and you have to try again with another character. And it, it, it's just, I, I do not, I am perfectly happy to listen to this track and talk about it, uh, especially since um, it, it, it's, especially since it's, uh, I mean, it's just legit uh, good and interesting, but <laughs> I'm never going to play this thing. I'm That's sorry. Fair. It <laughs> seems like it was ahead of its time trying to do some cool stuff, but just didn't quite work with the technology or whatever. I don't know. What are you doing, Interplay? Get your crap together. Interestingly, it's, it was uh, on PC first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was like was on, the, it on the Amiga <laughs> or something. I don't know. So like, I'm curious if it's really the same game and this is just like a, you know, <laughs> a dumbed down version. But I mean, there was no volume two on PC either. So I'm thinking maybe it was just not good on any level. You're likely not wrong. If this one makes the uh, Nintendo Switch SNES online, then I will be completely flabbergasted. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, with some I of the things- subscription. <laughs> some of the things that appear on there, like who knows? It's true, but I I actually think I picked it partially because I had that like really amusing but frustrating experience with this game briefly. Like, as, imagine being a kid you, trying to play it. this. Yes. Yeah, you've actually played it, not like <laughs> us just watching it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so I think maybe that's why it stuck in my head like a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I tried it when my friend did too, but it was just one of those like hangouts where he rented and we kind of watched him and we tried uh-huh. to figure it out together. But like, I don't know if we ever actually got to a point where we could even do like the multiplayer part. I just remember him getting Gollum and Gollum was really creepy looking. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I don't think I got that far. Wasn't there a way it could happen early on? I couldn't remember. I don't know. Again, that game was wacky. You could go like wherever out of context. It's like a weird MMO 
Lord of the Rings game before oh, open we world. lost time. I don't know. Are, are, are we trying to work out speedrunning strategies for this thing? I'm, I'm <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, and you guarantee you somewhere out there speedruns this game. It's not going to be me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. At any rate. So, Tales of Fantasia. Yes. Uh, technically not a Super Nintendo game because this was a Super Famicom game that uh, never that never had an official release worldwide. But it's a uh, it's the first game in the venerable Tales of series. Maybe I have Tales on the brain because I spent a lot of July playing uh, Tales of Exilia for the PS3. But uh, it, it's it's a really good soundtrack overall. Um, you can, if you're a fan of like the Tri-Ace games on PlayStation One, you can hear some of the similar tones that Motoi Sakuraba uses in his uh, in his sound library. But it just has really fun '90s synth brass, uh, a a sort of a a flute or a whistle sort of carrying the melody at the beginning. Um, and and I, I remember uh, twice early in the game, you find a, a destroyed or ruined or abandoned village, and this song plays. So I, I think it's the reason it's called a "Be Absent-Minded" is because like uh, tragedy has struck, but you need to put it, put it to the side and move on because you be, because you need to go on with your quest and you're under threat. Like that, that, I think that's why it's called "Be Absent-Minded." Otherwise, it's a little weird to decode why the hell they, what they went with that name. But yeah, it's it's a sad, ruined village song, and I just think it's really beautiful. And uh, Tales of Fantasia does a lot of interesting things um, ahead of its time on the Super Nintendo. I, I, the, there's a there's a theme with vocals at the opening of Tales of Fantasia, but the sound samples for the voices aren't great, so I don't think it's aged as well as some of the other music. But uh, yeah, Tales of Fantasia, great game, but a bit grindy. Uh, great soundtrack and. Regretfully, this is not my first exposure to Motoi Sakuraba because he also did the Beyond the Beyond soundtrack. And uh, <laughs> oh but the but the less we talk about that, the better. I yeah, this was a really well. This was a pick I was definitely excited about because it does have that like nice wistful sound that that Sakuraba hits sometimes. That's just really nice to listen to, and you can you can really kind of hear some of those same like conventions compositionally that he uses in like Valkyrie Profile, for example. Like that slow opening that's really pretty and wistful and then suddenly there's brass. And then I love the part where it fades to just kind of like a little pulse and the low brass takes the melody. That was really cool. Yeah, it's like a solo sax, which it's like the whole thing is just four low and turned up to 11. Um, so like, yeah, having that solo whistle, that solo sax all really makes sense to just gut wrench listeners. Um, and yeah, I didn't know the context for it. Like, I've played a bit of Tales of Fantasia, uh, and I really enjoy it, and I want to go back to it, because I thought the combat system was really unique compared to a lot of other RPGs on the system at the time. But I uh, did not have context for the song, so knowing that it's a place in a lot of desolated villages and stuff like that. At, at least two. I don't, I, I, it's been a while, so I don't remember how many times it plays, but it is, it is deliberately a... Uh, oh no, this poor village sad song plays kind of music. Yeah, exactly. Like it seems like it, it feels like loss. Um, like someone has left or is leaving. And then because there's, because at first I was like, oh, it feels like, you know, lovers parting or something. But then as soon as you get near the end of the loop, there's that choral bit that nails down the, oh, people are dead. Okay. <laughs> like whenever there's choral voice, whatever, it's just those angelic voices taking people to heaven, whatever is the reason behind it. It's, uh, you, you know, people have died. So that, fits absolutely and i think uh yeah sakuraba nailed it this is a, a random little thing but the the flute sound in this there's like a little bit in there where it sounds 
almost exactly like the sounding is for the flute and illusion of Gaia. Like it hits the exact same tone. Oh, and really? It, 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 that just made me happy. <laughs> One of your other almost choices for today. Yes. I, wanna, I, I also have to say, I, I like the uh, I like the electric bass in this game. It's a it's a, 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 like a Sakuraba uses such a weird combination of instruments. But for but for like every kind of wind instrument to and then this this sort of very thumpy electric bass, uh, I, I I like it. It's not really a contrast. It's just a slightly unusual sound that I enjoy mm-hmm. a lot. A little bit like like the bass in Chrono in a lot of Chrono Trigger tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Well, I I'm glad that my impression of what the song was and where it was used was sort of right on. Um, the, like the emotion involved in the instrumentation there, I, I definitely pictured it being like a sad scene, but. I feel like it could also be used, like, not only, like, sad scenes like you talked about with the um, at least two uh, destroyed villages. Like, I'm worried how many villages get destroyed in this game now. Um, But also, like, parts of it, like, some of it sounds a little more hopeful. Like, maybe it's, like, characters encouraging each other, like, hey, we're going to get through this kind of thing. Which I imagine maybe is also part of it. But I thought that was interesting. It's not just, like, a straight-through sad song, but it has has some hope in it, too. That's the part where you have to be absent-minded and forget the horrible things exactly <laughs> i guess exactly should we have an episode where we we just pick sakuraba music <clears throat> but only songs with really really strange titles because he has a lot of them and then try to decode what they mean <laughs> i would I do mean, that I, I, if we want to just do a whole episode of ridiculous uh japanese uh rpgs with weird english titles i mean just going through Falcom's catalog, I could do a whole episode just from the Tokyo Xanadu soundtrack, I think. Okay, <laughs> yes. all right. It sounds like I'm joking, but I actually think that would be entertaining, so maybe topic. we will. Tokyo Xanadu it. Well, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I thought I, at least I was going to get some like classic crickets on that one. Uh, I oh. got literal crickets. <laughs> 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 oh no, a throw I, clear. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I, just, I don't know where to go with that. So we're going to well, go. No, no, I, was, I, was, I was looking at, I, I mean, I only vaguely remember the town, the, the song names in Tokyo Xanadu being ridiculous. So I was, I was looking up the soundtrack and yeah, my memory is, is accurate. We have a uh, sensual predicament. Nice. And, uh, oh dear. M- uh, moist, moistened feel. Uh, my blaze, my truth. Uh, let's see. Let's see. One more to cap it off. Uh, as long as this doesn't take place in a high school, I'm happy. Make desperate efforts, and I'm sorry, Greg. It almost entirely takes place in a high school. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Make desperate efforts is just, it's just a, like a homework montage, right? Guy, <laughs> actually, I think or just desperate, your life in high school. I, I think I think make desperate efforts is one of the last dungeon themes because I that, that's actually one of the better songs. On the, on, on, it, it's it's I I have my issues with that game, but it's a it's a really good Falcom soundtrack with ridiculous named <laughs> names. Central predicament. We're studying for our like, uh, whatever physical education, uh, anatomy test. So it's, it's that sort of oh, central dear. predicament. Mm. Nothing else weird. We're going to no. stick to that homework, the homework vibe. This, this sensual predicament is giving me a moistened feel. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I didn't want you to. Have. Yeah. I, <laughs> we can so mad at you. We can. No, that's that okay. Out. That's okay. Um, <laughs> nope, I'm I just, like it, but I at this you. point, <laughs> At this point, I just want to see how Hillary can translate that discussion to this other game about a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good segue. <laughs> no, sure no, wasn't. You, you have not. You're not being set up for success here. That's all right. So now we're entering our kid-friendly portion. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Like of the it. podcast because we're going to Earthbound and Own It, which was my choice. 
Okay. Is it own it, it or won it? I have had that <laughs> discussion before, yeah. and uh, and uh, v- uh, diplomatically, own it, won it, or uh, Tucson mm. versus Tucson are both uh, are are all acceptable. It's, you know, I, I think Tucson versus Tucson might be whether you're from Maryland or Arizona. For you. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. See, I've always Is said it on, it, on, on it. Titus or Titus. On it. On it. Well, we're. I, I always thought it was on it until I caught like the convention. Then I was like, oh, but what? Yeah. What? It sounds kind of fun. But, the the right. first four major towns in the game all have one, two, three, and four in the title, so it's one it. That's that was how I, what I how I always felt. Oh yeah, okay, maybe you go up one it. One it. But just straight through one it sounds weird. It does. Yeah, you have to yeah. you have to really hit the et, otherwise okay. it just sounds dumb. All right, let's so go after, on one it. <laughs> after the theme of one town. <laughs> Um, what do we have next? That's you, Greg. Oh, that is me. Yeah, sorry. I was uh, I was like, right, we're, we're going into new tracks. We haven't even <laughs> listened to this yet. Uh, still, the road is full of dangers. Uh, wanted to get some Shimamura in there. Um, I mean, this is definitely not a SNES traveled song by any means. We, everyone loves Super Mario RPG. But back when we were trying to do best of SNES, I was like, well, no one else is doing Super Mario RPG. I'll put something in there. Cool. All right. So let's go listen to the theme of... I'm sticking with Own It. Own It. Okay. Go for we'll it. Go own, I'm it. Gonna, own It. I'm going to Own It. Own It. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. All right. The theme of Own <laughs> Sorry. It. Stole your thunder. From Earthbound and Still the Road is Full of Dangers from Super Mario RPG.
So, Earthbound. Uh, that is a soundtrack that does something a little bit different. Um, the people working on the on the game were very musically inclined. They incorporated some fun, popular music. Um, so I really wanted to bring something from that game on this episode. Um, and this is just a good choice because it's a familiar theme. Like most of the people who played the game, I think, remember at least snippets of the song. It's close to where you start out. It's kind of a cozy, like, small town sort of melody. Um, and I just, I really like what the Earthbound soundtrack does with kind of the percussion and rhythm section because I feel like they dedicate a lot of musical bandwidth to just having like a more complex kind of rhythm going on and simple melodies and I think this song illustrates that really well and it's got some cool xylophone sounds and I really like kind of the expansive like brass sound that you get with the horns in the song. They're kind of like bombastic the, the percussion is the word yeah. that comes to mind. Uh, whatever kind of whatever noises but it's it's yeah <laughs> but it sets the tone for the game for sure <laughs> sorry about that but yeah it, it no it, it's um it, it's an it's an energetic quirky song that sort of fits the uh that that, that fits the look of earthbound and and uh, I, this is not my original idea but uh um ben croshaw referred to earthbound as an aesthetic of uh, the cthulhu mythos meets the charlie brown and snoopy show which I I have been repeating for years oh, now, mm-hmm. um, but the like like it, it with visuals that almost look like they were drawn in crayon, uh, with uh, your your characters are, uh, are are children trying to save the world with unusual powers, for this this like sort of like middle speed bop as the track for the for the opening town is a is a really fun interesting choice and and Hillary mentioned the xylophone I it, it's I'm I am the I am the site's biggest fan of mallet percussion uh, we'll talk about that a little later but uh, I, I I do like the uh, I, I I do like how the the very bright xylophone tone uh, that has you know the this sort of rapid um, rolling sound of the of the, xyl- yep. of the xylophone over mm-hmm. a very fun tuba bass. <laughs> It's I, it's I mean it's got to be a tuba, right? I mean, yeah, it's, I'm pretty it's in that sure low it is. range. Yeah, yeah it's in that right range. Yeah. So yeah, like 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 tuba and weird percussion and xylophone and then just that big like booming drum. The yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's it is one of the signature songs of Earthbound, uh, and maybe because I've played the beginning of that game more than I've played the end of that game, but. Uh, yeah, just totally quirky and fun and memorable. It really does kind of fit the tone of like I'm a I'm a kid going on an adventure. Yeah, it's I'm striking I, out into the world. It just feels like summer vacation. Yeah, that's what I I hear whenever I hear this song. Like it's the summer we're going out, and yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just kids like we're going on an adventure today without realizing how big and epic and traumatic it's going to become for them. But <laughs> for them, it's like oh, we're going to go explore the forest. It just kind of feels like that, and we'll be back home by dinner. And yet they didn't use this for the town literally called summers no no they didn't <laughs> yeah that one's probably more appropriately summer vacation i think the fact that everyone started like singing along is kind of proof <laughs> of what i was gonna say is that it's one of the catchiest songs in the game uh just the ma- the way the main melody bops along and that drum that we all already talked about but yeah that drum in the background it's just i just find it very satisfying um it's it re- is just such a perfect like hometown song and um i think that's really important later in the game because you know the further you play in Earthbound, the weirder and more dangerous things get. So, like, when you go on later in the game and decide, well, you know what? It's been a while since I visited Mom, so, like, I'm going to go back go back home. I think it's very 
comforting. Or more likely, ah, I have too much stuff. That's it. I finally have to go home and figure this oh, yes. story out. And also make, yeah, <laughs> I also need to make my sister hold a bunch of my stuff. Yes. But so it's that. It's helpful, but also grounding and comforting. So I think it helps. It helps me like really believe that Ness would get homesick, honestly, for this place. Yeah. So now it's time to eat some garlic and go to bed. I, yeah, you, G- garlic. Which is, one of us picked garlic as Ness's favorite food? I don't know. We <laughs> we started Earthbound this playthrough a while ago and forgot what we set certain things to. So the last time we went home, Mom's like, uh, "Yeah, have some garlic and go to bed," because that's apparently what we set our favorite food to. I I I, I don't remember exactly what the uh, character limit is for things in Earthbound, but I remember it uh, it couldn't support potatoes. So I made it potato for his favorite food, and I and and the, <laughs> just it, it, one it, solitary. Yeah, potato. exactly. So like, uh, eat some potato, or Ness was thinking about eating potato. Like, like just like with that. Uh, whenever it would come up in the game, it sounded so awkward. Yes, <laughs> the last last time I played. That's perfect. And I just, you find some someone's pet named Potato throughout the game, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I mean. Before we started seeing on the internet all the memes of people making filthy named Pokemon, I'm shocked we haven't seen more of it from this game, because that was rife for a lot of bad potential with how you can name the moves and name the that stuff. But I also thought it was super cool. I like that you could like pick your favorite things to make them moves. I thought that was a nice personal touch. It is. Uh, this is not related to Earthbound, but my favorite stupid naming thing I've ever done was uh, many years ago for the Retro Encounter podcast, we were playing Final Fantasy X, and you get to name each of the Eidolons in that game, the, the summons. So I renamed Shiva Girl with about six or seven R's, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it, it it had me cackling every time. I was, I was very proud That's of amazing. myself. Girl, you used that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's perfect for her. Oh, boy. <laughs> All I got was my friend named... Uh, Ayla Nachos, I think, in Chrono Trigger. That's about it up until that <laughs> Nachos. <laughs> I just have no idea why. I don't yeah. know. I know when we, uh, my brother and I were playing one t- one playthrough of Final Fantasy IV, uh, we were just entertained at the fact that when you named characters or renamed them later, that they gave you access to like symbols and numbers and everything else. So um, when we were very young, I'm not saying this is funny now, so... You know, I feel like my sense of humor has grown since then. But at the time, naming Sid in all caps in 99% was the funniest thing to us for some reason. That's actually a good segue. <laughs> well, you know, that does make sense because uh, the character Gino in yes! the game Super Mario RPG's real name is, is heart in- music note exclamation point question mark. Entirely symbols. Thank you. That's where you're going with yes. that. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, what I'm doing is trying to set up our next track. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. Thank you. What is our no, next track? No, we want to keep talking about dumb naming things. Uh, <laughs> our next track is uh, Still the Road is Full of Dangers. Uh, I mean, we talked about uh, Mario RPG on the Shimamura extravaganza back when uh, that Hillary hosted. Uh, and you picked a sad song from that one, didn't you? I did. And then I yelled, per se, I want to stop crying. I think that's what I remember from that part yes. of that episode. <laughs> oh, poor, Ma- poor Mallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I feel like I'm doing um, Solosi Proud by picking a very marimba, I think, or something heavy song in this one. Yep, it's either it, it is either a xylophone with soft mallets or a marimba with slightly hard mallets. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is a great sound. It's um, it's a very like it gives it a very tropical vibe. But I more pick this one uh, because like when I think of Super Mario RPG, this is the first song that comes to mind. Um, and it's I don't know, this uh, I might be wrong. Like I feel like there might be 
if someone might debate me on this, there might be one or two that might be more so, but I feel like this song is very much one of the tracks on it that's could be right in a Mario game. Um, it's very much, I could see this playing in a side-scrolling Mario, uh, and again, we talked about this briefly, how good Shimamura did at uh, marrying the RPG soundtrack with the Mario sound effect to make it feel still much like a Mario game yeah. through the sound. I did have something similar in my notes. I said it, it really kind of sounds like Shimamura took the Mario, Mario formula and ran with it and made it kind of just a little more intricate with the orchestration and yeah. just kind of with the way the song builds and, and uh, has segue from what you segue from what you said uh, I have in my notes too like I just love the way this song runs like it it's very much speaks to Mario games usually being all about momentum right and and that's just like it doesn't feel that dangerous even though it says still the role, world, uh, the road is full of dangers like you feel there's a little bit of that there but it's like it's only Mario dangerous so like he can still dodge the foes he can still run he can still jump off them it's, it's more exciting there's a bit of thrill so there's a bit of that risk but it's it really sets the tone for like how fun this game is going to be. Yeah, it does. It does actually sound a little bit more like it. It sounds a little bit breezy. It sounds like Mario Danger is a good term. It's a like, World One One song. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I, you definitely hear this in the section of Zone One where you chase around Croco. Is 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 my yeah? It's like the early path songs. Yeah, it's like not Jerk. the it's not one one, but it's definitely like one two or one three. Like like uh, you hear it throughout the game. It's one of the we're running through this field, getting to our destination kind of songs. It has some forward yeah. momentum to it, but it, it has a it has some very quirky mallet percussion, which I which I think probably is marimba, and it has this like uh like a like a very you said breezy uh um flute that uh chases along and the bass is like this almost like a boing 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 boing, boing. kind of yeah kind of <laughs> kind of wacky sound so it, it's a little bit like the Winnet theme where it's it's quirky it, it gives you a sense of place but it's uh it, it's pleasant and non-threatening even though you are going you know being threatened by i don't know goombas and turtles and and what have you uh <laughs> Or, or giant crocodiles with top hats and bombs. Yep. It just hit me that that, that bass line is actually kind of polka-y. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit like we, I mean, we've we got a lot of uh, tuba bass in this episode, I guess. The <laughs> yep. Yep. Dear. So, and that, it, uh, it's for, the, for one and for this, like, it, that's what keeps it fun, right? Like, it's it ke- it's a it's a great instrument and it's a great thing to like give it that little bit of menace but not too much it's, it's still it's fun menace it's a fun fight you know they're just goombas whatever they're just goombas whatever thank you i felt like you were going slightly new yorker on that one well i mean uh that, that, that's bob hoskins mario isn't it <laughs> that it would is. have been yeah yeah it's true it recently came up in conversation with gwen that there was a live action mario movie she's like there was and oh, oh loosely no talked to it and we're like oh maybe no. we'll don't, get to don't, it but probably don't not. show it D- don't show it to her that's it. i have it on vhs <laughs> still it's still here like i mean i don't i mean maybe the chris pratt mario will be fine maybe maybe it won't be fine but i guarantee it won't be as bad as that movie is it's i'm <laughs> confident it, it's gonna it has, be better it's aged like i'm sure a lot of people have positive nostalgia for the mario brothers movie but i do not that movie is not good <laughs> i have no weird, it is i have not. weirdly <laughs> positive nostalgia because i know it's not good but it's still weird sort of entertaining that's the thing like it's it's the train wreck effect. Like it's it's not a great movie and and uh, really any stretch of the means. But it's it's fun as like a historical like. Why did they? Why was this the artistic direction choice? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like yes. it's one of the worst examples of like we want to please the fans, but we also want to please Hollywood. 
this is what you get, and it's not good. I don't think there was. I don't think there was any consultation about pleasing fans in that, in that movie. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, I, I get it. If it's part of your childhood, you will you will have some childhood feelings about it. But I, I will not defend the Super Mario Brothers movie for one second. I I'm not sure you can even get it on DVD nowadays. But if if you can, that you should throw away your copy. <laughs> I'll have a ritual burning in your honor. I've sure. I've got a childhood story about that movie that maybe I'll save for when we're not on a podcast okay i'm curious <laughs> come on you know what the point of podcast is <laughs> all right all right entertaining conversation come on so bring it. that that movie will always entertain me even though i know it's objectively really not a good movie because my mom who is wonderful and very caring and like generous and mama bear but usually kind of like not stoic but like pretty serious um she loved big bertha who's this pretty awesome lady that shows up with rocket boots yes. in the Super right, yeah. Oh yeah! She came on screen and my mom was like, oh my god, that's the best thing ever. And she got like really excited about it. And it was hilarious. And you're <laughs> like, who are you? In the in the game, isn't Big Bertha like the like the spiky fish or something? I think she is supposed to like vaguely resemble yeah, yeah. a cheap cheap. Right, I forgot about her. Oh wait, no, the cheap cheaps aren't the spiky ones. Yeah, I, I thought maybe she was supposed to be Birdo or something else, but uh but they, they, in that movie, they communicate Mario and Luigi's jumping ability by giving them rocket boots at, like, the three-quarters mark. Which, yes. I mean, one of the many puzzling decisions made by those people. But it, well, please, let's not turn this into a Super Mario yes. Brothers movie at podcast. Okay. Yes. I will say, the, to finish off that part of it, though, I did dress as John Leguizamo Luigi for Halloween in grade four. Okay. Because it was right. a safe, easy uh, conversation. And at some point, that was before they started, like, you know, outlawing, like, weapons and stuff in schools for, like, uh, Halloween time. Uh, I was allowed to bring, like, a full-on, like, giant monkey wrench to school. <laughs> it's way okay. too heavy for me. Yeah, yeah. that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's a reason There's a reason that giant wrenches are a murder weapon in Clue. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was very heavy. Have you played Dark Cloud 2? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... But I will say uh, one as what I referenced, which I meant to drop in the show notes uh, for you for links, Mike. Um, on the Super Mario RPG Window to the Stars Overclocked Remix album, uh, they really double down on this track on the uh, the Polka Avenue. They have it's called Still the World is Full of Klezmorim. Um, it's yeah, it's exactly what you would expect. Uh, it's they just basically outright turn this track into a polka, and it's great, listeners. So if you want to hear a fun alternative take on this. Uh, yeah, check out that album. The whole album's great, but it's a really fun version. Yeah, we'll put that link in the notes. And actually, something from my Lord of the Rings track, um, there's an overclocked album called the Unsung Heroes that has a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful version of the Shire music. Oh, yeah. From the Lord of the Rings game. So I'll yeah. put, a, put a link to that as well. Okay. We've got like several links already for this show. Um, well, I think we've we've talked this one to death. I, uh, I only had a few things, but I, I did want to at least note on the fact that I feel like Shimamura really channeled some of the energy from this soundtrack period, like this song too. Like I can hear some of this stuff in some of her Kingdom Hearts work too. Okay, yeah. Just that really like that jaunty feeling. The magic. So, the magic, yeah. I mean, this song I think is really representative of like Mario and their crew and or Mario's crew and their journey between towns and um just the energy of it is good. Although the energy is really throughout the whole soundtrack. I'm sorry. I think you mean it's Bowser's Koopa Troop. Um, 
after he joins your party. Oh, right. He renames you. Yeah. <laughs> he reluctantly allows you to join the Koopa Troop. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're like almost a little <laughs> bit used to that now in certain Mario mm-hmm. games, like especially the RPGs, where like sometimes Bowser's just like, well, okay, all right. We'll, we'll work, work together. But like back then, <laughs> that was completely unheard of. Yep. Like that was just shocking when that happened. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the only. I mean, I think Mario Kart came before, but other than, but other than Super Mario Kart, this is the definitely the first time where Bowser is is uh, framed as you know an ally or at least a friendly competitor. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he is a beast in that game. He is definitely one of my final party members usually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's he's slow as hell, but his physical damage is is enormous. Yo. He's awesome. All right. Well, we've reached the halfway point. Yes, into the tracks now where Slowsy beat me to the punch, which I knew he would, so I'm, I'm excited for this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when I saw that, uh, I think Rhythm Encounter has done one Trials of Mana song uh, ever, I, I, had to, yeah. I, had to, I had to double that number with, uh, with this one. Um, my next track is Powell from Trials of Mana original soundtrack by Hiroki Kikuta. Woo! And my first track, I'm not sure how I end up with my songs at the end, but I think it worked out. Um, so my first track today is Underground Castle from Soul Blazer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am ve- I'm very fond of those games. So let's go listen to Powell and Underground Castle.
So, uh, Powell, I'm going to talk about Mallet Percussion for three songs in a row now, because uh, uh, Powell is a sort of, uh, I I would call it like a low-key song that almost sounds like a quiet, like, tango or mambo, because uh, it's, uh, you have this marimba counter melody and this electric piano counter melody, and then this uh, very, very active uh, wind instrument that that is, uh, that's probably a flute, but the... uh, uh, I just love this song because it almost feels like that you're sort of dancing through the woods while you're playing it. Cause I think it plays oh, at night. At, it plays at night in a couple different uh, places, including the one eternal wood where it's a uh, forest where it's always uh, nighttime. Yes. Uh, there's a, there, there's a day night cycle in trials of mana, but yeah, uh, I, I just love Kakuta's use of percussion and marimba uh, and uh, the whole soundscape of Trials of Mana is beautiful, and this is one of the songs I think of when I think of its of its music. Because even though it doesn't, it's it's a, it's like a small number of instruments, but it, it has this. Uh, it, it, it's very energetic and uh, and and you know very rhythmic, almost like a dance. Yeah, definitely. I I actually noted it's interesting. This kind of that underlying rhythm. It's not you know, a marimba or something like that that has it. It's just this chord that sort of do, 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 yeah, over do, and over. Yeah, 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 it's like a yeah, piano I, or something. Yeah, I think I think that's electric pl- piano. It's like, yep. And while the marimba is the Yeah, it's doing a lot of the work. Yeah. Yeah, like the, um yeah, like you were saying, the percussion, like in this one is the star of the show. Like, I mean, you get that jazzy flute, I guess, but I find, yeah, it's so much more built around the piano character the rhythm instead of like the xylophone or marimba um and like the snare is more the instrumentation yeah it's 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 uh it's not like you know a four on the floor very easy to dance to disco song it's it's uh no it's instruments uh it's it's parts that are cascading over each other and running into each other and uh and and are being you know very very uh uh what's the word i'm looking for Uh, very syncopated rhythms yeah it's uh that's just but nice. it's just like 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 with, with syncopated rhythms like this, it's just it's it, it's exciting and fun. And um, I remember playing this game for the first time. I think when you go through one of the early areas at night when you're escaping um, Port City Jad. Jad right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. When you when you're leaving Jad is and it's at night, you you get this. Uh, it's it's just this like oh man, I'm I'm sneaking out of here. But it's like uh, but this this percussion and this marimba is is carrying me and uh and and, and again it, it shows up a couple places in the game but uh yeah I'm, I'm a big fan i remember it most um in like the the day night cycle the like the, the forest where you're trying to find the elves but i can't not hear the song and uh i was coming back to it, i was like i feel like it plays around jab because all i can hear is sleeping rabbits uh-huh yeah because you just get their little snow mm-hmm. yeah. yep. so the song has that in it in my brain even though it's not part of the instrumentation <laughs> yeah i, I, I it's, it's not in the elf i don't know if it's in the elf forest but it's definitely in the werewolf forest well it's, yeah it's in that oh you might be right it may be isn't it yeah. but i also remember those little uh where did they have like the bee ladies because i remember them they're like, wee-haw, 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 trying to cast their uh, spells <laughs> and i that sound comes in the songs there as well like i feel like it plays in all the forests but maybe i'm wrong except for the um the dryad one i don't remember anyway the, the, the bee the bee ladies are in the dryad elf forest and, okay. and not and and not the luna it's, it's uh, werewolf forest okay but it's uh, one of them it is yeah it's it, 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 it's around and there's a lot of good music in trails of mana yeah. slash, why is it called slash, powell like, 
I don't know. I don't have a good. I don't. I don't have a good answer for you. Yeah. Um, I've always wondered that. This was a good choice to show off a lot of like Kakuda's trademarks. Honestly, just that interweaving of all the different parts. He does that a lot and really effectively. Just the very busy two or three parts that are going, going, and then heavily rhythmic and syncopated. Really cool to hear. Yeah, I agree. He did, he did a lot with a little, so to speak. I mean, as you were saying earlier, early on, how well the um, title theme from Lord of the Rings did a good job of showcasing the, the broadness of what the SNES sound chip was able and the library was able to do now for people. Uh, then you have people like Kakuta and Uematsu who are like really pushing it like, in some of these games. So um, and and the loop. The loop's really great, too, for just how it kind of comes around and layers it all in to restart. Like, you don't... It's not a simple track, even though it loops. Yeah, it's it's a short loop. I think it's only 90 seconds or something. It is, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it uh, but it's it's a very smooth transition. You, you, it doesn't have a very obvious beginning or end uh, the way a, a lot of other kinds of tracks do. Yeah, I, actually, the version we were listening to, I didn't even notice the loop, so I guess... <laughs> I guess that proves it's pretty smooth. Oh, I don't know why you're looking at me like that, Hillary. Like, I I don't have anything left. You guys, ah. you guys covered it all. <laughs> good marimba, good flute. It's catchy. I don't remember if we've I've seen this part. We started we started playing this back in 2019 when that collection came out. But 2019 was a way too busy summer for games. So I feel like maybe I've seen it in game, but if I had, it's been three years. But You have. Okay. Well, it's a good forest theme regardless. <laughs> yeah. One other thing, if we're moving on, I wanted to add to it. Um... I do think there's a reason it also all plays in the forest. Like it was, it was clearly composed for that if in my mind, because like, you know, the woodiness of the, the xylophone or marimba really makes it feel like you're in the, the trees, the woods. But then like, I always feel like that snare, the little like light jazzy snare kind of thing. It sounds like you're pushing through leaves. It sounds like leaves being hit on branches and stuff to me. It's just always, I always picture woods as soon as I hear this song. Yeah, I can see it. Or hear it. And I think at this point in the show, uh, it's a good time to mention that the Super Nintendo is actually very interesting just capacity-wise because it, it was one of the first consoles to have just kind of like its own sound processing system with its own separate memory and things like that. So it did have a little bit more capacity to kind of do these different parts and do kind of like a faux stereo sort of sound, mm-hmm. which we've heard in some of these songs. And so... You know, I think our, our picks so far really actually demonstrate kind of the, the range of music that was possible with those advances. And uh, I, I, I know this is a bit of trivia that you all probably know already, but uh, do you know who was one of the who was the key designer of the Super Nintendo sound processor chip? Oh, no. Ken Kutaragi, the creator of the PlayStation. Oh, nice. Nice. OK. Yeah. That is good trivia. But, uh, and, and he that was, makes he sense. Was, yeah, he was with Sony for something like 15 to 20 years. But when it uh, but uh, as a as a young sound engineer um he like he was one of the people nintendo had on loan to work on the super nintendo and was i think either the head or one of the key designers of the snes sound chip wasn't the ps originally pitched as a disc drive for nintendo and then they passed on it or something yes they they had they had an agree they had an agreement in place but instead of uh but instead of going forward with the uh with a cd-based super nintendo um, they uh, Nintendo abandoned Sony and uh, partnered with Philips to create the CDI system, and then uh, and then Sony took the work that they had already <laughs> started. Well. <laughs> yeah, and then Sony took the work they had already started with wow. the uh, w- w- with a disc drive for the Super Nintendo to create the PlayStation. Interesting. And, and also, it was a bit scandalous because uh, going with a Dutch company over a, J- a fellow Japanese company was felt like was a uh, was a bit of a slap in the face to Sony. So in- in- indirectly, Sony uh, Nintendo 
created their biggest rival in the Japanese gaming space. Right. Yeah, it's that's how different the landscape would have been if they had just kept that relationship going. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, well, instead of the PlayStation, they uh, Nintendo decided to make a game system with a controller that looks like a stupid dildo trident. So yeah, good on them. More successful than the CDI, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, did the did they have a, was Philips at all involved in like the disc capacity of the GameCube, or was that solely Nintendo by that point? No idea. I, I only know that Nintendo uh, rejected Sony, borderline abandoned them, and went with Philips instead of Sony for. Uh, the disc-based Nintendo system. I mean, and the, the GameCube was, I mean, what was that, like 99, 2000? So uh, way, way later. Well, thank goodness we got Wand of Gamelon, am I right? Actually, yeah. I, think, I think the GameCube was more like 2001. It was it was considerably later than that because they were still making uh, N64 games in 2000. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. I, th- I have to look it up, but I think you're right. Yeah. Paper Mario was 2000. So then GameCube was probably 01 or 02. All At right. any rate. Hey, so sorry for that tangent. I, I am no. known to, to monsoon out of control at, at times. No, it, it's good. A little history lesson is good. And also it's kind of a good to contextualize this music a little bit too, because a lot of people involved with those sorts of like in game companies were some of them were kind of forward thinking and knew like a disc-based system would increase the capacity for, you know, music, instrumentation, and all that stuff. But they still wanted something better in the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why they, this, in a lot of ways, the Super Nintendo sound, sound capacity could be considered kind of a little bit of a stopgap, actually, mm-hmm. until they got those disc-based systems. Yeah, on, on older video games that have real audio, like like PlayStation 1 games, um, audio takes up a remarkable amount of space. So they couldn't, um, that's why the sound difference between the uh, PlayStation and N64 was so striking, because... The N64 couldn't really support uh, uh, nearly the um, depth of sound that the PlayStation could. But but uh, but, but but yeah, the, the Super Nintendo sound chip is really really fun and exciting, uh, and a, a huge improvement over the between four and seven channels of the NES sound chips. <laughs> uh, so the uh, yeah, it, it created a lot of uh, a lot of cool sounds and great soundtracks, which I guess we're celebrating today, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. I don't have. A, I was waiting for a segue to appear in there. There isn't one, so let's talk about Soul Blazer. Yay! Um, Which we've done before. This track specifically, when the three of us were on retro, <laughs> this track did, definitely came up. Oh, was this on the retro one? No. Uh, well, bad. when we did when we did Soul Blazer, um, in the part one, we were talking about the music. So oh, probably, okay, okay. Probably yeah, we did yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. there's a good reason, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second when you start getting into it. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's a different podcast and episode exactly. from a couple of years ago, so we're not we're not repeating it within Rhythm Encounter. No. no. And this okay. song was a highlight for a reason. Is what I'm, all I'm saying. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. If if uh, anyone is unfamiliar with Soul Blazer, well, I'm not going to give a history lesson. Never mind. Maybe that'll come up later. <laughs> Go listen to Retro Counter. I know. There's two I, episodes. <laughs> I keep calling this in my head. I keep thinking this. These are mines because you kind of go in an entrance. It looks like a mine, but it actually is called an underground castle, even though I still argue it looks like mines, even though there are some made out of wood. (laughs) Well, like there's some like little stone pillars. I'm like, all right, I guess that's remnants of a castle, but whatever. I support you, Mike. Yeah. Regardless of what what really is there, whether it was mines or an underground castle, boy, boy, that's a catchy song. Um, Just the the energy and the baseline in the song is amazing. Um, And like just the energy of. I said the energy. Why did I write energy twice in my notes? Um, it's just, I can't just listen. that much energy. I know, but I, I can't listen to it and not like tap my foot along with it. Um, 
And the fact that this is the first main dungeon story is a little surprising to me because I don't know, you'd expect this to be further on in the game, I guess, like this level of uh, excitement and adventure in the music. But no, they they went went for it right from the beginning. No, like um, we're going like, to establish a contrast between our our village areas and our dungeon areas, and the dungeon areas are going to have funky slap bass. Funky slap bass. Yeah. yeah, it did not have to go that hard, and it did. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, the, like the dungeon itself, I think is pretty cool. Um, for a first dungeon, like you always expect, like some like a gray cave or something, but you know, you don't expect running water, wooden platforms in your mine slash castle. I like the dungeon design in Soulblazer as a whole. They've got some interesting stuff. I mean, I think I think the later ones are cooler, still. more innovative. Yeah. You know, you got tropical islands and underwater, and like you know, running around in space with walls made out of fire. But <laughs> you know, tropical island until you devastate it. But well, you know, yeah. Well, it's it's true though. It is um yeah, it is a bit different i mean but that's where i guess the mine kind of comes in more because i could see a mine as a a a one one kind of dungeon but um but yeah as hillary just said and you supported as we said on retro like yeah the bass just slaps it is this is a funky af song um and the bass is the star of the song and it just it drives you you're just you're going and then you get the 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 trumpet's fun and it's kind of there and it helps kind of break it up and brightens it up but uh yeah it just one thing I'll say, because of between the, the the funky bass and the trumpet, this out of context, this does not sound like a dungeon theme. <laughs> like I would see this in like something like a Zozo town or like your classic casino town in an RPG or something, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But if you were to tell me it was like in a wooden mine looking dungeon, I'd be like, what? Yeah. But it does drive along. Like I I, pay, I hear the music though, and I can see like the rushing water. I feel like is like key to that. Like there's something about that imagery and how it links into how it, the whole level flows, I guess, literally and figuratively. Yeah, the harp sound in the back makes me think of running water a little bit, but, but I mean, let's be real. This is a funky song. That's about that bass and trumpet. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it's like, un- unlike yep. the, uh, like unlike Powell, which doesn't really have a clear downbeat. This is four on the floor. It's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a disco song, how it's, uh, how, how, how the bass is so prominent and you can, and you can feel the, the pulse of it very clearly yep. as you're listening. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was, un- I was surprised that this episode brought this much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually surprised like Hiller and I replayed this. Was it just last year? I think it was 2020. Uh, whatever, whatever. Somewhere in the last year or two. And, you know, we both know, you know, Soul Blazer and it's two like sort of sequels really well, but playing through it again and we both got into this dungeon we're like wait a minute we we both forgot how good this first song was or dungeon was and it's really funny because in context in game you know you you've just gone through the t- tutorial you're like just awakened to your power and you're just started in a reawakening the world and saving people and like okay i have to go in this underground palace and then yeah you just get this really funky song while you're doing it and it's just it's so entertaining yeah one thing i like about the soul blazer soundtrack and these odd dungeon songs is i always felt like you get these little like strains of melody that sort of still feel a little bit dungeony to me and and this one i think it was a little bit with the trumpet part but like that kind of almost sounded like maybe an echo underground while you're looking around for stuff i don't know mm-hmm. while you're trying to like say goats and flowers and people yes you've rescued a goat <laughs> my favorite is when you rescue the inanimate objects oh yeah <laughs> they can start they're talking. always and they talk to you yeah yes yeah it's i don't know the, the whole soundtrack is it's not like super outstanding but it's 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 good i know we talk about it anytime any of these three games come up on this well probably any of the shows really but i 
I really wish they would re-release these three games somehow. I wonder what they would do for instrumentation or like how they would update the Soul Blazer soundtrack. Oh, that would be oh, interesting. I would love to hear it so much. I'm not so ambitious to think they would remake them. Like, just put them on like the I Switch know, service. I know, but this can you imagine the soundtrack? Would be so I know, much fun. I know. Yeah, it would be pretty great. Well, if we're all good there, I think we we are ready to move on. We have one more block. So, uh, Greg. What are we starting our last block with? We're starting our last block, uh, which is a very epic block. Um, when I was listening to the picks in here, I was like, oh, I feel like these are going to get paired up. And here we are. Um, we're starting it with Impregnable Defense from Ogre Battle, The March of the Black Queen, because, again, it was another thing that there was just not enough of in the library. Sounds good to me. All right. And then after that, our last non-bonus track today, I have uh, For the Savior from Lufia 2. So... Let's go listen to Impregnable Defense and For the Savior.
uh, I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for Ogre Battle, The March of the Black Queen. And ever since uh, my best friend Pat rented it and we played a bunch of it on the SNES back when, uh, trying to find ridiculous units and because uh, their naming, <laughs> the naming system in that game is just so random when you recruit things. Uh, we were always desperately trying to find a character named Greg, a character named Pat, a character named Eric for our friend group <laughs> and try and get them all together in a party. And uh, we never, I don't know, I've, I've yet to actually beat this game because it always, I get so far in it and then I fall off and get into other things and whatnot. Um, but as I was saying at the beginning of the show, I've gone back to it and I've been progressing really far uh, and unlocking things I've never done before. And it's super fun. Uh, but there's not a ton of music in the game, uh, even though it has uh, a great team behind it. Uh, like, the names that were brought on board, um, I'm blanking out. I mean, well, this this track specifically, which I picked, uh, Impregnable Defense, was by Iwata. Uh, and then we had... Uh, did Sakuraba do stuff on this as well, right? I thought it was Sakamoto. Sakamoto, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, sound, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, we had Sakimoto and Matsuo, um, who are, but I mean, Sakimoto, I think, is probably the most prolific since. Uh, but I've seen Iwata's name and stuff, too. But mm-hmm. all that being said, um, it's got some great tracks on it. I actually distinctly remember this being one of the few games I went into, like, the sound um, player thing or whatever and just would, like, listen to stuff on. Uh, back in uh, the days of emulation. And uh, Impregnable Defense is easily one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's it's driven, it's grand. Um, it's, it's really interesting because it's a very like romantic idea of what war music is, uh, I feel, in terms of like how it was constructed because it's, well, it's menacing and it has these like driving snare drums and these little like string hits and... Uh, this trumpet is just going like it's very brass military, but it, it feels very much, uh, and fittingly for who you fight in that, that uh, map, uh, it's like wind blowing over the battlefield and your forces are arrayed against each other, like leaders on the hills. Right. It's very much like the, 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 the honorable battle kind of thing. Yeah. But that's the whole tone of this game, which is true. awesome. I love how that's well true. that's reflected in its music. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, most of the songs are really good. And again, they, they're all shortish loops, so you can't get sick of them. But this one is definitely um, one of my favorites. And it's and it's poignant, too, because it plays for the first time uh, in the slums of Zenobia. And Zenobia, for context for people who haven't played the game or whatever, is like the, the fallen kingdom that this uh, empire has taken over. And you're part of like essentially a Zenobian rebellion fighting back against them. So getting to the slums of Zenobia is like I think it's the third or fourth map available to you is a big deal, and you're fighting one of the four divas who are like these like grand generals, uh, and it's debonair of the wind. So again, this song is very fitting for this like debonair ideal of like an honorable warrior because uh, he's one of the few enemies that you face that is honorable still has a bit of good in him kind of thing, which comes into play later in the game, and uh, it's yeah, it's just it's great and. After you get through that menace and you get to that bridge at around like the half, like 30 odd minute seconds in, sorry, like it's, it's rallying, it's hope, it's, uh, it's the rebellion kind of, you can do this kind of thing. And it's, oh, it's just, I don't know, I love this song. It's great. And it's one that they saw fit to, uh, to use multiple times and use again in, in uh, Let Us Cling Together. I haven't played Let Us Cling Together, but is it, uh how different is it? I haven't actually listened to the soundtrack. So I actually think it's kind of a similar situation. I mean, I only briefly read about it, but I think it comes up with a, when you, there's a, you fight a character that you could possibly recruit depending on how things go. So you have to make choices. Right. Yeah. Well, I was looking up the song earlier because I 
Hillary was like, you know, I think this is a map theme. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's a battle theme because, of course, I know better. Um, <laughs> and I looked it up and found this thread. And it's like, oh, yeah, look, it's this battle. And you fight this, this, this you know, battle-hardened, you know, war maiden who's 19. Um, and then I noticed that I was reading a thread on <laughs> Let Us Clean Together. Uh, and w- where it is used as a battle theme. And then in this game, yes, it's a map theme. So, but it's a very yeah, good map theme. It is. And you hear a lot of it. Yeah. It really captures that sound of, like, a marching army and, like, getting ready for a battle and it has a good like sense of scale to it for a map yeah and and it's the whole thing with all of these all the tracks on the soundtrack i think do a good job of capturing that idea of like scale where you're looking down at a battle map moving your figures with that i don't even know what those things are called the little sticks with the little lines and you're pushing them on the map uh you know what i mean oh yeah Um, yeah there you're moving what are those called around Right, I'm sure there's a word, but I don't know. Uh, and it's, it's so they all kind of have that sense of scale because the weird thing about Ogre Battle, which is maybe or may not why some people have bounced off it, is like you really don't control your units in battle, at least in the Super Nintendo one. Uh, and you really kind of, yeah, you don't really in any of them. But um, and I haven't played again Tactics Ogre or Let Us Clean Together, whatever. But I'm assuming it's the same. Um, whereas you have something like Final Fantasy Tactics, where like yeah, you control each of your units. Whereas this, you just kind of designate all your military units to go out, and then they kind of fight as best as they're able, and RNG is an asshole. Yeah, alright, I'm gonna uh, pump the brakes there a little bit. Uh, Tactics Ogre is like Final Fantasy Tactics. You, you control oh, individual... Oh, thank you, okay. Yeah you, yeah, you control individual units, and it's sometimes even referred to as Final Fantasy Tactics Zero because of how many similarities it has. Although uh, it does have okay. it does have the character choices and branching story paths that Ogre Battle does. But, but you're right, Ogre Battle and Ogre Battle 64 are real-time strategy you sort of direct you uh, uh parties around and mm-hmm. uh and, and manipulate units and menu- menus but the but the battles themselves are auto fought while in uh tactics ogre let us clean together and uh and tactics ogre knight of lotus are more like ff tactics with individual unit control so yeah sorry about that um i, no, I have no, done thanks. yeah i've done i have played tactics ogre but not ogre battles so i'm the opposite of greg in this scenario and in March of the Black Queen, you know, you get the possibility of having really ridiculously named, you know, monster units. <laughs> yes. My favorite, I, I think one of my, still my favorite characters to date, I had a fighter named Pizza. Because <laughs> <laughs> why? Wait, like it, the game just, That's pretty you good. name them that? Or the game just gives no, you No, the game generated names. it. The game generates names. Oh, you don't get to name anybody except that's... your your hero. Mm. All right. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Dis- Disgaea also has ridiculous random enemy names. But True. I think they, but I, but I think they picked it up from Ogre Battle and Tactics Ogre. <laughs> really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the localization team was doing. I'm not sure if it's the same in Japan, if they still have the same ridiculous breadth of things to, to draw upon. But yeah, like Hillary was saying, I mean, the monster names, like the monster units tend to be a bit more like Grecian or whatever. Like they, yeah. they don't seem to be as weird. But then every once in a while you get like, mm. I have a ghost named Sam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, bud. That Come was my up. favorite. You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, you get some. It's it's just really funny next to these like epic hero names, and then you've got like Ted, the Paladin. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, especially in like older games, I I'm always curious about. Like, now I want to go look it up. Like, how? Like in the Japanese? Well, like <laughs> well, like but you don't know. Like in the Japanese version, oh, was true. It, like a really common Japanese name. They're like, okay, well, we're still going to use a common but name that makes sense in English speakers. Or, or like, because then that that's a logical, like, localization choice. But, like, yeah. otherwise, mm-hmm. who knows where Pizza or Sam came from. I thought that yeah, if someone exactly. just went, hey, remember Tim the Enchanter from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Mostly my goal in a lot of my saves early on um, was to find a, to a character named, a fighter named Greg, 
and then make him go through the character progression of manipulating an alignment and charisma so that way he can turn into a doll mage. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That was generally the goal. So it was, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a fun, ridiculous game when it comes to that aspect of it. But like, it's, it's the, yeah, the branching, the character decisions and stuff like that and how like your reputation and all that sort of um, plays into it all. It's just such a neat game and the music does a great job of like wrapping you into the sweeping uh, story of rebellion. And, uh, and then another fun random note, sort of music related, but not at all because none of the music in the game. There's also a lot of references to Queen songs. Uh, in the titles of the maps and the worlds and stuff like yes. that. Um, so that is also a really funny thing to come up. I mean, Ogre Battle itself is a song by mm. Queen. So there's, I'm wondering if just right from there, the, the game creators are like, let's run with it. Um, so you have like the, the Seas of Rye, based on like the Seven Seas of Rye. Uh, I can't remember some others at the moment, but I know there's, there's a few random hints in there. Nice. Which I always thought was really funny. Uh, and then, yeah, like uh, when I was listening to your track, Mike, um, after, yeah, once I got to mine, I was like, oh, yeah, these will fit together real nice. Yeah, I thought so. I, I'm happy with the, the lineup we had today. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Earthbound and Super Mario RPG were like two of the easiest ones to pair together. But um, yeah, so mine, um, I'm, I took a bit of a risk bringing this on because I don't like bringing on music from games that I've never played if I can help it. And I especially don't like doing it in front of Solosi because Solosi does <laughs> like to remind me of some very, very big games that I should be playing and have not yet. Well, most of them start with P and end in Ursana uh-huh. 4. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially, <laughs> especially that one. Um, so uh, Lufia, both Lufia games are also on that list. You, you, you can skip Lufia 1. Lufia 2 is the good one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I know, they, I know the stories tie together, so I'm curious at least. Eh, well... Uh, yeah, I mean, Lufia One begins with a uh, with the final battle of Lufia Two. So Lufia Two is a is a prequel, but it's it's a very good standalone story on its own. I totally recommend Lufia Two as one of the best Super Nintendo games. Um, and it it also it, it also has a very large European fan base because uh, Europe uh, m- several countries in Europe did get a release of Lufia Two when they didn't get any Square games released oh, wow. for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Like, like the first the first Final Fantasy in Europe was seven. Um, but wow. uh, but Lufia has a big fa- fan base worldwide because it had a wide release and it's just awesome on its own. Yeah, uh, sorry for that. Uh, no, that's aside. okay. That's okay. Um, so like, I'm not like completely oblivious to it. It was actually like both games, especially two, were, like uh, big big games. Um, my brother loves them, so my little brother would play them a lot. So I know a little bit of them through osmosis, you know. So I've seen them here and there. I've just never played them personally. Which was also my experience with Earthbound until a couple years ago. <laughs> um, so that's that's why I know some of these songs, like this one in particular. Um, you know, I know this is he's always talked about the song, so I, I've heard it enough times myself, and I know it's just. Um, I think I don't know if it's the last battle, but it's at least one of them. It's like it's major, major event towards the end, right? I mean, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So whether or not I've, I, I, even though I haven't played it and I don't have that like direct emotional connection to it, I just I love how like intense and dramatic it is. I I, I don't recognize this song, but I I I would not be surprised if it's either a final dungeon or late game boss track uh, because I, I haven't played Lufia two in several years. I, I wasn't on our podcast episodes about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think as far as like you know big epic sweeping whatever whether it's a boss or battle, it's at least a song that gets you like pumped up, do something, and 
be heroic. Um, I think it's one of my favorites on the Super Nintendo. So even though I can't talk about the usage in game that much, I knew it, I wanted on here. So there you go. Well, it's definitely, yeah, epic final battle sounding. Um, and I had a hard time kind of trying to place some of the, the instrumentation a bit um, in some spots. Like, the, I think it's a string section that's the star, but that also could very easily be like a digital piano. But it feels like strings would make more sense and like little staccato kind of strings or piano or whatever, like those little hits just kind of raise the tension and kind of elevate how dangerous that is. Mm -hmm. But then you get that whole bridge that kind of motivates you to keep fighting and still makes it optimistic. So like, it's not all um, imposing. Yeah. And I mean, there's like constant kind of urgent, I think you could call them 16th notes. They mm. just, they don't lot up the entire time. So it's very like driving. And then between the bass drum and like the running snares, that's where I thought it fit really nicely with, uh, Ogre Battle, like these are both, it, it's, it's a very, this is very classic Heroes Journey RPG kind of sounding track to like round out a game on. Um, this is kind of what you expect from epic fantasy, it feels like, that when it's more of like a structured kind of military hero kind of view. I agree with Greg. Um, these, uh, both of these tracks, the Ogre Battle 1 and the Lufia 2 1, are heavy, dramatic tracks that scream fateful encounter or like near the end of the journey which you know w which we come to expect from jrpgs a little bit like we all know the tropes and the the arc of jrpgs so we expect you know uh ending songs or final battle songs with a lot of bombast and maybe a little bit of darkness but both of these fit that fit that really well like you, you can tell these are uh these are high drama end of game songs but it's uh but they they fit it really well and, and i think they both are they, they they both sound great on this on the snes hardware as well no, not much else to add <laughs> yeah i mean i think they're examples of songs that kind of fill that particular role well yeah all right we made it we made it past those dramatic fateful encounters yes sensual encounters <laughs> oh <Dear>. no <laughs> no that's that's our future episode and don't think i don't want to do that episode mm -hmm. now that's our that's our after dark uh, podcast. Yeah, sensual <laughs> encounter. Oh no, jeez. Oh, yeah, maybe we have to make it R though, so it can be a risque encounter or a risky encounter. Okay, all right, that's fair. Romantic encounter. All right. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about uh, all this stuff today. Um, thanks everyone for your excellent picks. Unexpected. Yeah, it, was hard, it was a hard one. It was. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of very good Super Nintendo music. I mean, again, we could have very just made this whole thing so we're just all picking chrono trigger right or yeah i i, I six I, I i deliberately tried to avoid being basic and i and i'm sort of really i'm sort of relieved that everyone else had the same attitude <laughs> yeah i think i briefly before i settled on my two i was like you know i don't want to pick an obvious final fantasy one if i did do final fantasy i might have gone mystic quest <laughs> uh, obvious in terms of music though because if you know the music it is a good music one but not what you would think of first so yeah i'm sure we'll in the future we'll do another super nintendo episode and we can maybe pick some of that stuff but for now more. yeah for now i'm happy with how this turned out mm -hmm. yeah it's a great um some great sneaky hits that i think people can be exposed to and go find some some new gems to listen to if they haven't already exactly and there's still a lot more to pick from oh yeah so all right so that is most of our show today um so coming up next on rhythm encounter in a couple of weeks, we're doing a tropical, we haven't settled on the name yet. It's going to be tropical themes or island themes, something like that. Probably tropical themes and RPGs is what we're going to call it. Um, and then I'm pretty sure after that, unless we shuffle things around, we're going to do one 
of um, hmm, we, we're either calling, I don't think we really want to call it bad games and good music, but something along those lines of games we don't super love, like Lord of the Rings, volume one, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna um, say that. but like have surprisingly good music. So uh, whatever we t- title it, that's the idea behind that show. So those will be our next couple episodes in the future. Game bad, music good. Uh, you know what? I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I have a couple games in mind already, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I, we'll see how that turns out, but I, I can guarantee some good music. Oh, oh yeah. Should I save that Lord of the Rings pick? No, <laughs> there's plenty of choices. Listen, you can still play Left Alive. Oh boy. You know, we, we almost... <laughs> I almost tried to get Hillary to rent that yesterday from the library, but she's like, no. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as it seems, but it's yeah, it's it's not front mission. Yeah, I I, I did think about bringing on uh, one song for this episode, the Super Nintendo episode. Uh, that is from a game I really dislike, but I, I ended up not doing it because I can I can speak much more positively about Second Nintendo Three and Tales of Fantasia. But maybe I'll you, you'll see what I mean if when we record that uh, okay. that that games we don't oh. love episode. Yeah, okay. I am curious now. Teased, yeah. sufficiently teased. Thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll I'll tell you after the recording. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. All right. So if you have feedback on this episode you want to give us some ideas for future topics or you know send us any other kind of message i'm sure we're gonna hear a lot about the songs we missed <laughs> i mean maybe but that's why i did that disclaimer at the beginning remember this is the road's nest traveled yes, yes. Not, not the road often traveled not best know. of not. not best of yeah it's a good thing we that's why we renamed it um but yes you can eat, reach us at music at rpgfan.com and of course we're on you know social media wherever else you want to leave feedback um, if you want to reach me personally you can Find me at mike at rpgfan.com. Uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Hillary? So Discord's the easiest way for RPG fan stuff, and I'm EP Fire there. Okay. And Celosi. I am easiest to find on Twitter. I am at the real monsoon most of the time, at Evoca for Dogs at other times, and on RPG fans Discord, I am Monsoon Mike. And Greg. I am probably most active on Instagram these days, but you can find me most anywhere at Greg Delmage, and I'm G Delmy on our Discord. Awesome. So along with Rhythm Encounter, we also have two other shows at RPG Fan. We have Random Encounter that posts every other Monday. Oh, is that thing still around? It is still around. <laughs> so we ho- cover you know current RPG stuff. Um, the episode that posted right before this, we were talking about a recent uh, book from Bitmap Books. Yes. The Art of Point and Click Adventures. So Hillary, you were on yeah. that one. It I sounds was. like it was a pretty fun one. I had fun. Good. So check that out. Um, and as usual, Solosi, since you're here, I'm going to let you talk about what's going on on Retro Encounter and talk about that show. Oh, oh, is that old thing still around? That old thing is still around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that old thing about old things? Yeah. Uh, Retro Encounter is RPG Fans Weekly Podcast. It posts every Thursday, usually. Uh, and it is about either a specific game that we uh, pl- or a specific theme every month that we explore or uh, in any range of topics from dogs and cats of RPGs to romantic RPGs to any number of other things. And uh, last month in July, we posted two episodes on Tales of Exilia for the PS3. Uh, and if you, we, But the catalog is over 330 episodes, including five of the eight games we've already talked about in this uh, in this episode. I'm still pushing for Ogre Battle to be on there someday. Yeah, no, that, that's that's appeared on on uh, on polls and surveys before. But yep. uh, all of the games except for Ogre Battle, Tales of Fantasia, and shockingly, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings Volume One. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those three have not had retro encounter episodes yet. Next poll, it's coming up. Amazing. How has that not happened? Well, pretty easily because because. Uh, 
a few days ago was the first time I'd ever heard of that game. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. I wonder if that'd be the first episode where like no one could bear to finish it. It was just like, no, we're done after could one be. episode. Be. That'd be a really funny episode to listen to, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yes, please check out our other podcasts. Check out RPGFan.com, of course. We're on all the social medias. We have a very active Twitch stream. And uh, yeah, we're all Go over Scott. the place. Go Scott. Thank you, Scott. Um, if you want to review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere else, like we would appreciate that. And I think I'm done. Um, except, of course, we have a bonus track. And I, none of us have any idea what this is. So, Greg, what are we closing out with? I mean, now that it died till the episode started. I mean, not, not entirely true. I knew what track <laughs> I wanted. I just was really, I couldn't figure out what version I wanted. Okay. Um, because we've done so much of like, nobody picked like remasters or rearrangements or anything we all just took like the original hardware mm-hmm. versions of all these tracks which was kind of cool um so for me uh this is more of a basic one because again before the track or the the title name changed i had kind of already settled on this um i can't think super nintendo without thinking secret of mana okay. and uh and we again shockingly don't have a ton of secret of mana tracks uh on the podcast in the past you're right um and so, uh, and one of the ones that I thought was uh, greatly overlooked was Fear of the Heavens or Angels Fear of the Heaven, whatever yes. version. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, it's again, Kakuta knew how to use that sound library beautifully, push that system to give us such great sound. And like already the original is pretty much sounds amazing and perfect. And like that sense of wonder and mystery when Secret of Mana comes up and the birds fly by and you hear that sweeping song kind of introducing the world of mana to at that point in time uh, to most north american viewers gamers for some of the first times i guess because did we get the game boy one before it came i mean chronologically was made first i can't remember if we got we it did it was uh we did okay it was legend but right? it was final fantasy adventure or final yeah, fantasy yeah. Oh, no, yeah. adventure yeah final- yeah final fantasy adventure is uh second in Tetsu one and final yep. final fantasy legend is saga one two and three yep that's Sorry. okay so yeah, yep. so secret, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy Adventure. So again, people hadn't really known that was a secret of mana thing, right? So until we got this, so Fear of Heavens was just this beautiful song. Um, in the end, I finally landed on uh, because I've been so super into um, synth wavey kind of music. The switched on Secret of Mana album is fantastic if you like synth stuff, and just what they did with this version of uh, Fear of the Angels is is beautiful. It's extra chill and mysterious and yeah anyways i hold a special place in my heart with secret of mana so i could not talk about snes and not get it in here at some point somehow yeah um yeah i'm actually not familiar with this uh, version of it so i'm looking forward to it the song i love so that's a great choice yeah all right yeah i'm not, I'm not familiar with this album either i'm uh, i'm looking forward to giving it a listen after we're done recording <laughs> yeah all right well thank you everyone we're going to close out with your fear of the heavens and uh we'll see you in a couple of weeks bye everyone thanks bye
I can really hear that AC right now. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Why all of a sudden? Uh, don't know. It just suddenly it was. It sounded really like prominent. it was blasting. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's weird. Now it's not so. Yeah, okay. and now it's now, now I can't hear it really. Okay. It's very, very, very faintly, maybe. Yeah. Weird. 